Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, your guide to Happyville. Today's your day. We're Is gonna, that where we're going? We're going to Happyville. Are you driving? I'm driving. If you'd all please keep your hands and, and arms feet. inside the ride until the ride comes to a full and complete stop. Yes. Happyville. That's where we're going. James will be on the ride, of course. Of course. Merritt's here. Our guide on the side of the sides guide. <laughs> and Alyssa, How many sides are there? We got eight sides to this guide. Oh, it's an octagonal show. You know, today's going to be a great show. Today we're talking about happy... Okay, so here's the question. Wait a minute. Does that mean we're in the octagon? Yeah, this is the fight octagon. Boom. Cage match Bring for happiness. You know what? By the way, I don't know what's happening to me, but I'm starting to like cage fighting. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're are, a cage fighter? Are uh-huh. you doing this after the show? Well, my or kids is... do it in our living room. <laughs> okay. And we kind of make it a cage. It's just really some couches <laughs> Except, that cages us And in. this is when mom's not home? Yeah, mom had a headache last night. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how she got it. Major migraine. <laughs> That didn't stop us. <laughs> Did she have the headache before or after? Not quite started? sure. Okay. Not sure. She seemed more mobile before. <laughs> okay. Then when it hit her, it was sometime after about round two. <laughs> Elbow off the high ropes uh-huh. works yeah. every time. Elbow off the couch. The couch. Arm rest. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Took out my son. I'm real. I, anyway. See, when I was growing up, it was, it was WWE. Yeah, yeah. See, that's not real. I know. These guys are bad to the bone. I'm sorry. And I, you know what? It's violent. It was still it is fun. Violent. And I, I probably ought not be telling everybody that. But True. honestly, what I like about it is it's violent. No, I like that it's um, – I like that they're so – there's a really great camaraderie to, you, between these guys. They, and I bet you get a connection with your kids when that – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, are you off to the side doing the announcing? No, 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 no! I'm in the ring. Okay. I uh, I like to dress up. Are you the referee? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm in the. I am in. I'm in the fight, and I like to dress up. And I don't look like a like a. I don't look like a mm what MMA, MMA fighter. I don't. I look more like Richard Simmons. <laughs> just Do you sweat have the shorts, the, the shorts and the funny yeah. knees. And, yeah. <laughs> okay. I just have clothes from the '70s or '80s. Do you sometimes so, go with the luchador spandex as well, and uh, mask and yeah. everything? I do. I must, so I, can't, my, I must wear my stretchy pants. I can't breathe with that mask on, so I have to just rip it off. <laughs> but um, anyway, I digress. Here's the day, today's show. Happiness. By the way, here's the test. Are you ready? Answer this question. Okay. Is happiness a natural state of human being, you know, being a human, or is it a learned skill? Are humans so, going to naturally default to be happy? It's like, tough. Is this the nature-nurture sort of argument? No. Well, maybe, but no. Well, you hear all the time that you need to choose happiness. Yeah, choose True. it. It's a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good idea. Choose it. So how do you choose it? I don't, is there a natural state of emotion? Because I, I think emotions change all the time. Yeah. They do. So would you say that you default to being a happy person? Or would you think the more... I would say you default to a neutral position. Do you? I would think so. Is that what you do? So at the end of the day, you just go to neutral. Well, when I'm sleeping, I don't know that I'm happy. Well, oh, I feel happy. Oh, no. <laughs> you are not a happy sleeper. 
Because what what if I told you? Oh no, I'm not a happy waker. I'm a happy oh, sleeper, but I'm not yeah. a happy waker. But what if I told you that part of your survival was to have a little edge of unhappiness? It kept you alive. I would think that's true. Yes. So then maybe we ought not seek for happiness. That's the thing is that you, mm. when you say that, it, mm. it's kind of a, a different view because you, I know. it feels like we're always trying to eliminate unhappiness from our lives. We want to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, you know, all the stories we hear in our lives are about how we can get to that happy, you know, have a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. Have happiness. Be Have peace on earth. Yeah. That's kind of – but you know what? Here's the deal. We're going to talk to the pro. And Merritt's not the pro today. Oh. <laughs> she always usually is. But today, she Merritt went out and found an incredible guest. Mm-hmm. Loretta Graziano Bruning is going to be joining us. She, by the way, Inner Mammal Institute, that's the name of her organization. Inner Mammal. Okay. Institute. Yeah. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. That's all Enough I say said. Enough said. So we're going to learn about happiness and the happy chemicals, where they come from, how you create some happiness. We've got a lot of great stuff. By the way, Mark Waite's going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody expresses happiness like Mark Waite. Like Mark Waite. Some would even say, is that happiness? <laughs> <laughs> and we would say yes. And Mark would say yes to him. Well, here's a question. Is Mark normally is, – is, is happy the normal state for Mark? <laughs> no. Okay. No. But he's a very happy guy. He just he's True. kind of stoic. He yeah. doesn't show it. Right. He's a stoic and doesn't show it. It's a rhyme. I'm not going for the poet. I'm a fairly happy guy. I really okay. like happiness. I I strive for happiness. Actually I don't. But I strive to have a pleasant life. Right. I think we all do. In the end, we're gonna show you. There's an advantage to it to maybe understanding your discontent. And maybe not spending your whole life about being happy. But sometimes maybe life's about learning. Maybe life's about no, growing. No. So maybe mm-hmm. you need a little discontent, a little, a, little, a little difficulty in our lives so that you can find happiness. Anyway, we're getting into that. Now, before we go any, uh, any farther, we've got to get to our headlines. Headliners from The Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. Well, really, we don't have a whole lot of time for this, but we're going to get into, into this it. quickly. This it's, it's called Happify. It's an app. Happify. Yeah. It's on iOS. Is it a dating site? It's not on Android. No. No, 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 no. What if you had an app that could help you measure how happy you actually are? That'd be great. And. By the way, I've got it. In two months, make you happier. I've got that. Deer Hunter 2014. Thank you very much. It's a great app. Well, this app called Happify launched last fall, and it's already uh, supposedly wow. It's already got two hundred and twenty-five thousand trainees, as they're called. This is from an article. Training to be happier. Mm -hmm. This is an article from the New Yorker, by the way, by Betsy uh, Moraes. I'm guessing is how she pronounces her name. But um, uh, on the website. Happify offers significant improvement in your level of happiness with increases in positive emotions and life satisfaction. I like it. So she's even buying into this is a training tool, right? Yes, exactly. So it's a skill set that you're going to acquire. There are exercises that you do. Love it. Uh, One of them is called Shine On, in which you list three self-defined victories in your day. I love this. And then Serenity Scene, which has you stare at a picture of a beach. Okay. I'd rather, no, no, I'd if rather I was, do Deer Hunter 2014. If it was a picture of me on the beach, that would be, that funny. Would be different. <laughs> that would be happifying. Well, as long as I could see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, the, yeah, you'd want to see yourself on the beach. 
Well, I want to see. No, I want to see myself on the beach. Would you want to see me on the beach? No. Okay. Just <laughs> asking. Now, Happify collects data on its users, and it claims that eighty-six percent of them get happier in two months. See, I think that's real. You they focus measure, on happy, you'll mm-hmm, grow happy. Right. Uh, they measure this with a series of happiness check-in questionnaires. Okay. Give so, me – do you have any I, questions? They, no, I don't have any of the questions. I bet um, one of the questions is going to be, are you happy? I would hope so. By they the way, say, scale from 1 to 10, are you, where, what's your happy scale right my now? My happy scale right now? Just I'm in life about overall. about 8. 8? How about you, Jaime? I'd say 8.2. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Merit? Happy scale. Happy scale. 8.5. Now, Man. actually, Merit should probably actually have a score because she's using this Happify Merit app. Happifies. Yeah. So I Does it found that article in the New York Times and I thought it was super interesting. The other thing that Happify helps with is decreasing stress. And as a senior at a yeah. university, I felt that that would be a good addition to my life. Yeah. Did you so, pick up Happify when you were in uh, Los Angeles? No, I didn't. Because it seems like a, something that you do on the beach in Los Angeles. It does seem like okay. that. But no, so basically you kind of choose a goal that you want to do. I think right now I'm on like conquering negative thoughts. It can there be like dealing with stress. They have like these different tracks that you do. And then for each track you choose, they present you with a certain number of activities. And it's a lot of fun. And it's a lot I of like fun it. to focus on that. And then is it a service? Do you pay for the service? You you... can pay for the service. That's if you want. also a free version available. So if you want full happiness, you can get a better level of happiness. But my favorite thing about it is that all of the activities are supported by statements by psychologists to say why and how it works. I think think that does validate. You can learn this. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's skills. Mm -hmm. It's tools. It's focus. A A portion of the app is free. Uh, there is a portion that is also uh, that you pay for if you want to use that portion of the app. But, I love it. Hey, ha- sounds Happify. like it's pretty cool. Just go check it out. I guess it's only for the happiest people, Who which would be Apple Mac, products. Yeah, yeah, Apple product people. Right. Uh, anybody on an the, Android, the obviously, Job followers. yeah. Well, they probably they're either already so happy they don't need it, or apparently um, not worth working on. Right. It sounds very negative. Happify. I love the idea. And seriously, if I, I'm going to go do it. Um, I'm, I will now officially go Happify because I don't, my number wouldn't be an eight. I'm a seven and happy. I still think that's pretty good. Well, it beats a five. Yeah. It's just, it's maybe three. maybe I just, I'm lowballing it. I don't know. Uh-huh. We're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, we're going to be talking happiness, happy chemicals. How do you train your brain? How do you get your chemistry to change? Dr. Loretta Graziano Brunning is going to be joining us right here on the Matt Townsend Show after this break. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're walking on sunshine. What if I told you sunshine, you know, there's the sun, but then there's the happy feeling walking on sunshine? What if I told you it was in your brain? Just a bunch of chemicals. A little dopamine, a little adrenaline, just a little cortisol. It's the stress hormone, I guess. Do you have dopamine? Oh, dopamine, by the way, makes you dopey. I've got tons of it. Here's the deal today, folks. We are talking about happiness, finding happiness in our lives. And uh, we've got a true blue expert 
joining us on the phone, who's going to be walking us through um, this discussion today. Her name is Loretta Bruning. She's a Ph.D. and founder of the Inner Mammal Institute, which helps people get the best from their mammal brain. She is a past uh, a professor of management at California State University. She um, learned as a mom to question the presumption that happiness is our natural default state. Studying animals taught her that unhappiness is actually part of our survival system, and happiness is a learned skill. So today we want to we want to find out from her how we go about acquiring and learning more of the skill of happiness. By the way, you can go to her website, innermammalinstitute.org, where you can find out about a lot of her books. One of her books call, is called Your Neurochemical Self. Um, that's actually her blog on Psychology Today. She um, also does a lot of work at the Oakland Zoo as a docent. Tons of interesting stuff here. So Loretta Bruning, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. It is so great to have you. And teach us now... I love this idea because I think we, as humans, think, you know, our goal is just to be happy. But apparently that, you're saying, is not necessarily the natural default state of human beings. Yeah, actually our brain is designed for survival. So what do you need to survive? You need to meet your needs and avoid harm. So we have happy chemicals that turn on when we see something that meets our needs, and we have unhappy chemicals that warn us of potential harm. And so you can see that the unhappy part is just as much a part of survival as the happy part. And the happy part is really your brain's way of keeping you kind of doped up enough to keep chasing the good. Um, well, interestingly, it's actually part of the mind-body connection. So when you see something that your higher brain says, oh, that looks familiar, those details will lead me to meet my needs. So then when the happy feeling turns on, it actually kicks your body into gear to say, go for it. I'm going to get that. Huh. Now, of course, sometimes it's something you don't want to get, and so then you have to hold your body back. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, because it, really, it, it is a chemical process then, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. And what I guess, too, if, if it's so natural, why, why then are so many people unhappy? Huh. Well, um, you can get into a loop where your natural survival impulse is to look for threats and your brain finds what it looks for because the electricity in your brain flows through the pathways you've already created, sort of like water flows in a storm. And the more you look for bad, the more easily your electricity flows toward the bad. Huh. Okay, so if you're looking for it, you're going to see it. And really, as... as mammals, as humans, we're trying to sit there and figure out how to not be harmed. So we're constantly looking for the bad. Right. And you know what's amazing? When you have a pretty safe, pretty good life, you're safe from physical harm. So your body, your brain looks for social threats. Because in the state's nature, social threats are a threat too. Yeah. So we, our brains are designed to treat social threat like a real threat, and you can get, you know, a little petty oh, yeah. without even intending to. It's interesting because, I mean, a lot of us, you know, we would be, if we were in the Serengeti, we would just be killed because we're kind of clueless to maybe the physical threats. But we, we're really attuned, it seems like, to these social threats. But what you're saying is in our brain, it's the same threat, whether it's a snake falling out of a tree 
or, you know, your girlfriend wanting to have a talk, it might feel like the same threat. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, just the word, can we talk, yeah. is a famous example, oh, right? Right. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And it's turning on the same physiology that you would have had if you grew up in the Serengeti and actually experienced lions. Huh. Isn't that, I mean, it really makes us, I guess it does. It just validates the power of the brain and maybe even its ability to to be everywhere, to grow, to keep evolving and and turning into maybe more social beings versus just physically based. Does it, is that, so is that why the patterns continue? So we, so we remember the pain and we don't go there again. Is that why we hang on to some of our memories and our childhood pains and well, we don't consciously do it. Like I say, um, each time your brain chemicals are released, they actually create neurons. So when you're born, you have lots of neurons, but very few connections between them. Each time you have a happy feeling or an unhappy feeling, that builds a little bridge. And then by the time you're 20, you have lots of little bridges that are very efficient. And so we're not designed to say, oh, I'm going to ignore all those bridges sure. I built and just act like a newborn. So we rely on those bridges we built, even though sometimes they make us overreact. And even if the, even if the bridges don't necessarily serve us, if we continue to have a chemical experience, it'll connect. The, it'll keep making those bridges. Is that a habit? Is that how habits are formed? Is that is that an addiction too? Is that how addictions become so powerful? Okay, here's the interesting thing about addiction. A couple things. First, you could say everything's addictive because anything that feels good tells your brain, go get more of it. It builds a bridge, and that makes it easier for you to get more of that thing. Yeah, right. The other part of addiction is called habituation, where your brain actually gets used to good stuff, and it actually starts ignoring good stuff, so you need more of the good stuff to give you the good feeling. So so then, yeah, you're... You're habituated. You need more, which is, I guess amp, it amps up how much. Yeah, it impacts the. It creates a bigger impact or a more negative impact to get more. Yeah, you take what you have for granted, and uh-huh. there's amazing studies of monkeys taking what they have for granted. And I always point out these studies because everybody wants to blame their frustrations on today's society. And I always say, 50 million years ago, monkeys had the same frustrations. <laughs> Yeah, which kind of makes you wonder, why aren't we learning this? But uh, you, you really are. As you sit at the, the zoo, uh, you, you do get a lot of opportunities. You're a docent at the Oakland Zoo. So as you're playing and working with the monkeys, you probably sit there and say, holy cow, that, that fight over the fruit reminded you of Thanksgiving dinner. At your house. Well, that's absolutely true. But first, I have to add here: when you say when I'm playing with the monkeys, they would fire me, even though I'm not. I'm just a volunteer. Yeah. But um, we don't get to. Play you don't get to be in there with direct yeah. contact. Yeah, that's sort of a taboo. Thing. Darn it! Yeah, yeah. Let's keep that clear. She is not playing yeah. with monkeys at the zoo, but you're a docent <laughs> teaching everybody that goes in there. The 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 volunteer, the other people that go in there, the the visitors. You're you're teaching them about mammalian behavior. Yes. And, you know, everybody wants to teach about cooperation and altruism, and yet the reality is we see food fights. Yeah, exactly. So how do we put those two together? Um, and instead of just being down on ourselves, I think the positive way of looking at this is that in the state of nature, 
people died young, children died young, parents died young. So there was a real value in wiring up in youth so that you could go out and survive quickly. But now we keep learning throughout life, so we're trying to transcend those um, immediate non-thinking responses that are just bridges in our brain and bring more of our life experience to bear rather than just responding on those early, yeah, um, um, simple reactions. I love it, Those that basic kind of reactivity. Give us a, a quick rundown. We have about a minute before we have to go. Give us a, a breakdown of what, what are these happy chemicals. So dopamine is the one that gives you the feeling, I can do it. Yeah. Endorphin is actually a euphoria that masks pain. So in the state of nature, if you were injured, then it would mask pain enough for you to escape from danger for 20 minutes. You are not meant to be coasting on endorphin all the time. Right. Serotonin causes a one-up feeling. Nobody wants to admit that they want a one-up feeling, but everybody can see this in others. And oxytocin is the social bonding chemical that causes a feeling of trust that allows you to let your guard down around others, and also you enjoy the feeling of safety in numbers. That is amazing. I mean, that to me, that's love right there, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you just described falling in love. Exactly. Love is like all of them at the same time. Man. And that's why it's so powerful. No wonder people get so messed up. Sorry, no, it's survival, right? Because yeah, and we're and 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 propagation and keeping the you know keeping the flock alive and keeping the group alive. Uh, wonderful stuff, Loretta. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to continue this discussion and and you know see if we can't get a little bit more into some of the boosting of these chemicals. How do we boost them? And understanding maybe some of the negative chemicals, pessimism, and and impact on pessimism, cynicism. We're talking with Dr. Loretta Bruning. Uh, from the Inner Mammal Institute, also the author, by the way, of the York Neurochemical Self blog and a, a bunch of wonderful books. Go to her website, innermammalinstitute.org. We'll be back after this break with more insight into your brain right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. A little uh, shiny, happy people from REM. That's cool. James, you're just going deep into the records, aren't you? Deep into the music files. Love it. Yep. Happy music. By the way, you look very shiny and happy. Oh, thank you. I'm a shiny, happy person. We all are here on the Matt Townsend Show. (laughs) Yeah, that sounded fake. (laughs) Oh, well. We'll We'll keep working on it. Hey, on the phone is Loretta Bruning. She is um, a PhD and um, has, has been researching and trying to understand the mammal brain, right? So she she's a docent at the Oakland Zoo where she gives tours on mammalian social behavior. She has a website called innermammalinstitute.org and is the author of um, a variety of books, three books, in fact, that you really got to go to her website, innermammalinstitute.org. One book's called Meet Your Happy Chemicals, another is called I Mammal, and another one is Beyond Cynical. She's on the phone teaching us about how our brain chemistry works and how a lot of our happiness or, you know, our, our, our in fact, on her website it says, our ups and downs are caused by brain chemicals inherited from earlier mammals. 
Uh, welcome back, Loretta, to the show. Thank you. It is. It's. It's really. I think fascinating what you're teaching us. Uh, chemicals. Our body is using these chemicals to basically survive, make the most of our lives. You. You talked about the happy chemicals like dopamine endorphins, serotonin, and oxytocin. Talk about, I guess, uh, the negative chemicals. What are the chemicals then that make us feel bad? The main one is cortisol, and you hear about that a lot called the stress chemical. Yeah. But interestingly, all animals have cortisol, and it communicates pain as well as fear and anxiety. Okay. Now, that's different from adrenaline. You hear a lot about adrenaline, and that's only sort of like your brain stepping on the gas, whereas cortisol is more like stepping on the brake. Okay. So So, adrenaline says, wow, this is really urgent, but it could be good urgent or bad urgent. So you could have adrenaline when you're falling in love. That would give you the energy to stay up and talk and be together. But cortisol, I guess, is the is the one that's saying, uh-oh, pain, fearful, watch out, negative. Right. And then another negative is anger, and that comes from testosterone, and women have that too. And like all the others, it has a survival purpose. So the purpose of anger is sometimes it's better to stand up stand your ground, and yeah. other times it's better to yield. So your brain is always deciding what's in each situation. Now, what you've been telling us, though, so when these chemicals go off, um, our brain will create a path because like good chemicals, it'll keep saying, yeah, let's keep promoting these types of chemicals. I guess, too, does it create a path with the negative chemicals? Absolutely. A really good path. I use one simple example. I love popcorn, but once I bit down on popcorn while I was on a plane and I broke a tooth. And that's like so much unhappy chemical that now just looking at popcorn, that triggers that circuit. Isn't that interesting? Because the more cortisol, the bigger the circuit. Interesting. So when you have a big argument or a big event, we find out some really bad news about someone we love, um, someone that's hurt us. That can create that pathway that makes the healing a little hard or, or a lot harder. Yes, exactly. And we're always having the choice of whether we want to just flow into the automatic pathway or try to redirect our electricity to a new pathway. But it takes so much focus to go into a new undeveloped pathway that you can only do that if you drop other things and concentrate. And so that's why we don't always do it. Huh. Yeah, we, I really thought that was powerful, this idea that, you know, you're wired to have these chemicals. So you can, I guess, be mad your whole life and never understand what they're trying to tell you or just start paying attention to your feelings and know that there might be something we can do about it by focusing and redirecting. Absolutely, yes. That's powerful. I mean, really, I mean, and it's amazing because most of us don't, we, you know, we look at animals like, uh, animals. But really, we're just, you know, we're modeling the same behavior. We just don't always throw our fruit. Well, it's fascinating because if you look at our brains and animals' brains, obviously there's a difference. But the difference is curious. So it's sort of like we have a bigger disk drive but the same operating system, if that makes <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, no, totally. So the bigger the bigger disk drive gives you more information so that instead of just 
reacting in in an automatic way, you can consider and then you could extract like a little bit of this and a little bit of that and shade your reaction. And and I guess it's just, does our brain learn or does it, are we really just changing that pathway? Or is it that the same thing? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I would say they're the same thing. Okay. But here's one fascinating difference. When you're under 20 years old, your brain makes a chemical that's sort of like what would put paving on a road. So it's easy to turn your pathways into super highways when oh. you're young. It happens so easy. I always say, imagine you're watching a kid who can just ski and zip past you, or yeah. a little kid can do something easily because they built that pathway when they were young and you didn't. That's interesting. So understanding and, 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 you know, I guess embedding some of these patterns earlier, it might be easier. It also, it also might be more lasting. You might turn it into a, from a one road path to a super highway. Absolutely. But on the other hand, if you didn't get it when you were young, it's good to know that you still can get it, but it requires a lot more focus and repetition than it did when you were young and it just came effortlessly. Is there a point where you cannot teach an old dog a new trick? You can always learn, but um, it takes a lot more repetition. Um, But the the good way of thinking about this is, Age two, we start losing neurons at age two. So see, we don't have to feel that bad yeah. because already at age two, we start losing neurons. That's, that's actually sad, isn't it? Because none of us even knew that, what we would do with those neurons today. We'd give anything. Well, see, the good part of it is that a baby focuses on everything. Yeah, they do. And that's not really useful for survival. So what the brain does is it prunes itself so that it learns, look out for this, don't worry about that. So if I live in a world where a certain sound is made and I learn to pay attention to that sound, but another sound is not made, so I don't learn about that sound. So we've all molded ourselves to however we grew up, and we could remold ourselves later, but only at the tiny little steps later on. Yeah. Um, you, As you talk about this chemistry, we talked about a lot of the negative or the, you know, the bad chemicals that, that, make, that make us feel maybe more bad or negative. But they also, I guess, also, they create kind of a state of cynicism or pessimism. And I know you've done a lot of research on that. What, what would you say is the difference between being a, being a cynic or a pessimist? Is there a difference? And how do these chemicals play into that? To me, there's a big difference because when a person feels pessimistic, that feels bad. But cynicism somehow feels good. And my example I always think of is when someone says, oh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, but they say it in a way that they sort of sound happy about yeah. it. Like, why are you happy Yeah, about like they're it? wise, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so part of it, I think, is you're saying, well, the world is bad, but it's your bad, it's not my bad. Uh-huh. And that sort of feels good. And it actually triggers our happy chemicals. So one example is dopamine, because dopamine is involved in prediction. So when I feel like I can predict how things are going to go, that stimulates a good feeling of dopamine. And cynicism is a way of saying, oh, yeah, it's always the same old thing. I know. And and I guess that's a a huge advantage, right? So now I can predict the future. And and it's interesting, do we, because we'll still feel the dopamine even if we're wrong, won't we? 
Yes, isn't that amazing? That's kind of um, dangerous. <laughs> uh, yeah, because people don't like uncertainty. They want the sense that they can predict. So they do whatever they can to change the world so that it feels predictable. Hmm. But another aspect of this is the one-uppy feeling, which is serotonin. Um, this is something amazing that doesn't get much attention. But um, in, the, in the animal world, animals are... are their survival depends on their social position. So anything that makes me feel like I'm okay, I'm a little better, yeah. then I feel safe. And um, cynicism does that. And finally, there's the herd feeling. I want to be, I want to belong. Yeah. And if I share the cynicism of a group, then I feel secure in that safety. Interesting. In oh, but we see that in our environment, don't we? Culturally, we all we, we don't mind being a part of a group, even if it's not progressing and healthy, as long as we're still part of the group. Many people feel that way, but I also hope that yeah. you know many people question that. Do. Do animals, does a monkey get depressed? Oh, good question. Yeah. Because here we are, we're giving serotonin uh, uptake inhibitors, we're giving all these other types of drugs to get, uh, to to impact uh, serotonin, and yet it's such a natural thing. So I'm wondering in the animal world, are they, do they not need antidepressants? Well, see, here's the thing. There's survival and there's happiness. So our brain is focused on survival. What can I do to survive? And from your brain's perspective, that means your genes surviving. So that monkey just wants to pass on his or her genes fast because they might get eaten by a tiger. So how can they reproduce quickly? Right, right. Um, so we learn to restrain those urges and that creates some inner conflict. And that's why we're always looking for sort of more yeah. complex ways of triggering our happy chemicals. Oh, that is so fascinating. If all we had to worry about was making sure <laughs> we were furthering our gene pool, that's but we we worry about happy and we worry about we worry about our family being happy and our kids being happy. Interesting stuff, Loretta. Let's take a break and come back, continue this discussion, get into a little bit more of I guess being realistic and how do we work through our emotions and be realistic as to what's really possible. Again, continuing our discussion with Loretta Bruning. After this break, you're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Do you feel good? I knew that I would now, yeah? Hey, uh, welcome back. James Brown there, teaching us to feel good, how to do it. Actually, on the phone, we're learning how to do it today. Uh, Loretta Bruning's joining us, Ph.D. She's teaching us about how our our brains work. And um, one of the things we've been learning is the brain will make certain chemicals, and cynicism is uh, tends to have a pretty good payday because, when you know, when you're a little cynical – you you get to uh, you know you get a little serotonin boost maybe because you're one upping everybody. You might belong to a group by being a little more cynical. You might uh, your survival is kind of in, impacted by people around you. And so if you're cynical with people around you and they're cynical, so notice this: 
your happiness may be at play here simply because you're getting a chemical boost being negative. And uh, it, it will eventually, you know, impact. I mean, you can actually be cynical and feel, I'm assuming, fairly happy. On the phone with us is Loretta Bruning. Loretta is a PhD and uh, a professor of management at California State University. She's also an author of some wonderful books you need to go check out on her website, innermammalinstitute.org. Loretta, welcome back to The Matt Townsend Show. Hi, thanks. Hey, um, so this, the funny thing, I guess, about cynicism is that it might come off like you're being cynical, kind of a negative naysayer or whatever, but in the end, um, it, you're getting paid off with serotonin and with some other chemicals, right? Yes, exactly. It creates a short-run good feeling, and it may or may not be good for you in the long run. But whenever you have an immediate good feeling, relieves your bad feelings, your brain builds up that bridge, and the next time you want to feel good, that's the pathway that lights up. Interesting. That's the being cynical lights up. So That's interesting. So come, some could just sit there, and they're being cynical. They are actually receiving a chemical boost, even though others are looking at them like, I don't like you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting thing about um, your cynicism versus the other guy's cynicism. You yeah. may think it's bad when another person is cynical, but when you're cynical, you feel like, oh, well, I'm just doing the necessary to survive. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's really core to this. Talk about then our personal agency, and you know what 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 can I really do about my chemistry, and also teach us a little bit about you know what's What's realistic, right? I mean, my expectations and your expectations, my chemistry, your chemistry, we're all on different pages. Yes. Um, So that's the point of my book, Beyond Cynical. The subtitle is Transcend Your Mammalian Negativity. So the idea of transcend is I'm not trying to say don't be that way because your brain can't do a not. Right. So instead yeah. of focusing on what you don't want to be, focus on what you want it to want to be. So what would be the positive things you could be that would go beyond cynical? So what I suggest is called personal agency and realistic expectations. So personal agency is the idea that you're always your own agent. And instead of feeling like, what's wrong with the world because I'm not being taken care of, you could say, wow, I get to choose my own steps, and I'm going to love the act of choosing my steps and taking my steps. And um, I may not get the results for my steps at every minute, but I can, if, if people only did things that got results in the short run, then we wouldn't have anything in this world. That's right. So we have to enjoy taking the steps. Now, realistic expectations is the idea that it would be nice to be soaring on dopamine and serotonin (laughs) and endorphin all the time, but it's just not realistic. So how can we feel good knowing that we're not going to have that peak moment at every moment? Instead, we can know that our feelings come and go, and we can try to take steps that give us good feelings, but we're more focused on long-run good feelings rather than immediate good feelings. I oh I love that. Is that do you and you because you understand um, you know I guess the mammal brain is it seems like this personal agency and and realistic expectations our ability to look at our own you know agency power to do something and our own expectation of what's real is that is that a little more unique to the human? Absolutely. So this is and the step above, right? 
absolutely. If you look at a diagram of the brain, the part that controls the emotions, um, this core, these little things we hear about, like the amygdala and the hippocampus and the hypothalamus, they're all almost the same in all mammals. But the cortex is that crinkly stuff that we see on top. Uh And ours is three times bigger than an ape who's three times bigger than a monkey who's three times bigger than a dog. So we have a huge amount of the extra cortex. And what is the job of the cortex when, you know, a monkey can do like so much of the same like politics of a human. So why do we have all that extra stuff? It's so we can restrain ourselves from doing the first thing that comes to mind yeah. and analyze more detail until, and come up with an alternative. That, so the, the cortex, is that the prefrontal cortex? Well, actually, the whole cortex. Oh, the neocortex? The prefrontal. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. cortex, though, yeah. is really, I guess, I, I call it, I always called it like the higher brain, but it's kind yeah. of, it's the... It's. It really sounds like it's kind of the. I don't. I'm not a mechanic, but it sounds like it's. It. It. It kind of runs the low brain. I mean, and it helps us. Um, it helps us use the low brain to not run our body automatically, but instead make our choices more intentional. Absolutely, but there's a strange thing where the two parts need each other. You uh-huh. can't say that one One's is in a, yeah. part. It was the most famous example where a guy had an operation and the two parts were not connected, and he seems normal. But then when the doctor asks him to set the next appointment, he can't choose a date. He stares at the calendar for like half hour, and uh. each date seems equally good to him because <laughs> he can't connect, oh, I feel good about this date Interesting. and bad about that yeah. date. Yeah. So you do so need, you need both, need don't you? both. Yeah. And it really, I love the idea of per, the, the the personal agency idea because I see it with my clients when they kind of fall into the, and it's probably really just a pathway in their brain where victim has paid off for them. Uh, they've been a victim, but they've also, I guess, derived some other chemical benefit staying there, and they don't see how they can be an agent. And not being an agent in their life just keeps them stuck in the victim. Absolutely. That's everything, that this has paid off for you in the past. And it's so hard to say that, really, when you see this happening with other people. The best we can do, I guess, is with ourselves to say, you know, am I getting a payoff from being a victim? And how can I remind myself that I have alternatives? And if we do that, then we'll model for others. And modeling is extremely powerful because we have these things called mirror neurons where other people... We take in other people's emotions. So if I feel good about not being a victim, it helps to teach others to feel good about not yeah. being a victim. Yeah, modeling. And, and that's why it can be so powerful. If you have a really, you know, I guess personally uh, – somebody that understands personal agency and that's your family member, a friend, a dad, somebody that recognizes that they have to take a little bit more control of this process – and then you get to grow up learning that and, and being mentored in that and seeing that and letting your mirror neurons help you internalize that, that's a huge advantage in life. Yes, it certainly is. And But once again, we don't want to be a victim if we right. didn't have that advantage. So yeah. both are true. And then I love, too, just I mean, be realistic and, you know, what what can you do? You know, how can you start to adjust your emotions? Do you have a quick... Uh, 
insight for us for what we should do when we start noticing that our chemicals aren't necessarily leading us to healthier behavior? What could I do to to redirect them a little bit better? Um, tell yourself, I'm not in immediate danger. It only feels like I'm in immediate danger because of my inner mammal. But if I repeat a new behavior for 45 days, then that new behavior will start feeling natural. Huh. Until then, I'll feel like I'm in danger if I don't do it the old way, even though I know the old way wasn't working for me. And it's 45 days is basically all your brain would need for it to feel more natural. If you do it every day without fail, and if you fail, start over. That's great. It's so great. I mean, for years, people, it's 21 days to make a habit, but really it's 41 days to make your brain start to believe it if you'll do it consistently. I love it. Well, Loretta, I seriously appreciate your insights on this. Um, there, There is no end to this, is there, for for how powerful this can be and, and really, I guess, how uh, auto, how much autopilot we could just go on. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's really the answer is we can be all on autopilot or we can be so much more and we get to choose at every moment. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. And again, everybody, go check out the website, innermammalinstitute.org. I highly recommend those books she's got. Meet Your Happy Chemicals, I Mammal, and Beyond Cynical. She's a, she's a wonderful resource for all of us to better understand our brains and really to better understand mammals. Um, well done, well done. We're going to take a break, my friends, and come back, continue our discussion about happy chemicals, maybe give you some more tools, some more insight, help you see the good in the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. We're celebrating. Okay, you can stop the Richard Simmons routine right there. (laughs) By the way, this is why we don't have a simulcast of the show, (laughs) because everyone's gyrating, and I just happen to be wearing my Richard Simmons leg warmers. (laughs) And the wig, too. It doesn't help. And the wig. But, you know, he's got great hair. So welcome back, folks. Today we have been talking about, uh, you know, happy chemistry, happy chemicals. Awesome guest. I learned a ton about Loretta and monkeys and my team. (laughs) I learned a lot about the brain myself. Did you? Yeah. Did you? I thought it was great. Now you know why, you know, the monkeys are throwing stuff around their their little... uh, Cages. Yeah. Their enclosure. Okay. Cage sounds like we're oppressing the monkey. Anyway, uh, today we wanted to talk about – I wanted to get my, my you know, little content in here. Um, funk. Any of you ever been in a funk? Oh, yeah. Funk. Feeling unusually negative or cranky. Oh. Funk. Bring into noise, bring into funk. Yeah, no. Oh, not I'm bad. sorry. Different funk. A different funk. Uh, Funkalicious? So no, no. Just funk. Feeling unusually negative or cranky. James, have you ever felt – unusually negative or cranky because or yours seems more usually negative yeah that's that's the thing actually you're the happiest guy on earth 
so it is unusual for me to be cranky. Yeah, I've never seen you cranky. Yeah, it's true. I'm not I cranky. have seen you cranky once. Well, I just celebrate good times every day, all day. That's why you brought that music in. Yes. So let me give you some ways, James, not that you'll need it. Just hypothetically, if hypothetically, I need it. Okay. Well, you or you're, you have a wonderful new friend <laughs> that might eventually someday fall into an unusually negative or cranky moment. Okay, yeah. Hypothetically. Yeah. It's never happened. But uh, let me give you some ways to get out. One way you can get out, you distract your way out. So if you're out there in listener land and you are just in a funk and maybe you've been there for months, maybe you've been there for years. Uh, Remember, we talked about there's good chemicals, there's bad chemicals, and your brain, it, it will use both the positive and the negative chemicals to preserve itself, to protect itself. And remember, even when we're feeling sometimes the negative chemicals, it's our mind still might make sense of it thinking, you know, this is good for us. It's good that we feel this way. One way to get uh, out of a funk is you distract your way out. You get – have you ever had a friend that just – no matter what you say, they're not going to leave you alone. So if you're in a funk, they're just going to keep you know, harping, bugging, taking you – trying to get you to go out to ice cream or whatever. We had a friend like that. Did you ever have a friend like that, James? They just won't leave you alone. Yeah. It's, it can be annoying sometimes. Sometimes it puts you in a funk. Yeah, exactly. Just leave me alone. But we had a friend when I was growing up. He just would sleep in every day. But you know, you know, by noon, we were ready to have fun. Yeah. So we would go get him out of his little morning funk. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'd play games on him. <laughs> we would sneak in his room and you know, attack him. I'm sure he appreciated it. Yeah. Luckily, his family worked, so they left the house open. Yeah. Then we could get in. Here's some ways to get out of your funk. Exercise, meditate, journaling, watching a comedy. I love watching, like uh, getting into a Netflix kind of comedy series and watch a bunch of those. A lot of times that's a great little way out of it. Uh, You can also um, get out of a funk by just trying to do something different. Remember, if if this is just about pathways, just doing something different. Somebody once said, go take a dance class. Now, I wouldn't do that. That would actually create a funk. Well, you already know how to dance. That's the problem. No. I have mastered the dance. <laughs> you don't just know. Oh, so Dancing with the Stars, you're going to read the mirror ball next, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Okay. But um, another way to get out of it, to distract yourself, is learn something new. Interesting thing. I, I, I didn't get into too many funks when I was going through my PhD program because every day I was learning something new. Mm-hmm. For me, cooking. Yeah, that's great. You ought to cook. get a recipe and yeah, you need to put it together. Cook more for us. I brought pickles in. I know that's not cooking. <laughs> yeah, it was. So it's can- more canning than cooking. Yeah. But yeah, here's another way to get it: sweat it out. Sweat out to the of oldies, your funk. oldies, youngies, youngies. <laughs> um, you get, can you can sweat to some funkadelic. Yeah, get get your lungs burning, get your heart racing. It helps. Mm-hmm. That right there creates a lot of serotonin, creates a lot of good chemistry. Go out for a good run. Yeah, or a bad one. Or an awful run. Just yeah, go, out, go do Zumba, right? Yeah, learn how to dance. That's or, or play, you know, cage fighter with your kids in yes, the living room. honestly, that works great. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way is to serve your way out of a funk. So if you're in listener land and you are in a funk, you can serve your way out by going and taking care of someone else. Help somebody. Oh, I, serve. Yeah. I remember doing that once, actually. We, you we once were, We were having it. some financial problems. Yeah. So we were kind of in, a, in funk. a funk. Yeah. But 
went to uh, we have a thing. You might have seen it on uh, ABC or NBC News. They have uh, the Rock Center show. Yeah. They did a whole thing on on the uh, LDS Church's welfare right. system, and they talked about the, what's called the Bishop's Storehouse. So you went to went and volunteered there for half a day. Oh my gosh, just stocking shelves and stuff. Yeah, uh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So here you are. You need your own money. You need your own funds, but you mm-hmm. volunteered, went and helped other people that were less fortunate, and it starts to create chemistry. Yeah, exactly. So these are all just ways, when you think about it, to create some chemistry. Another way, by the way, um, is you can you can just start noticing how grateful you are and expressing more gratitude. Yeah. So one way to serve others would be to just say thank you and express your gratitude for what you've got. Uh, take care of a little child. Sometimes when you're just hanging out with a little child, that's an easy way to get out of your funk. Since I've become a dad, those YouTube videos of little kids have always oh, – yeah. they, they, they've changed me a little bit. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah I, oh, I look totally. at them totally differently now that I'm a dad. Well, and don't you ever wish like, oh, I wish my kids could be little tiny kids again. Mm. You ever wish that? No. Yeah. But I also don't wish that they were teenagers, so that's, you know. <laughs> it's probably not good. It might throw you into funk if you keep wishing your kids were something else. Yeah. Um, do something else for a change. Do something that is uh, helping, lifting another. Another way to get out of your funk, let others guide you out. Hmm. There are some people that if you'll just let them into your life, they will bring you light, you know? They'll just say, Can, hey, let's go skiing. You want to go skiing? So, like friends or it, it could not be necessarily friends. a friend? It could be a, like a religious leader. It could be someone from your church. A spouse. It could be a spouse. It could be, if you, it could be a spouse that keeps asking you, something's not right, right mm-hmm. with you. Tell me what's wrong. Let me help you. And you're too afraid to bring out what you're, what's hurting you. But uh, maybe just letting them in enough to start the conversation, that might lead you to another guide that can help you on the side or a doctor or a therapist. But there are other people that can help you out of your funk. If you've been in your funk a long time, uh, it's probably time for therapy. It's probably time. Now, nobody wants that. They're like, ah, don't want to go there. But a lot of times this is just one shift. And all you need to do is make one decision to start to change. And that'll start to create the ball a rolling, right? Yep. Another tool that you can use to get out of the funk is to look for the light, symbolically, spiritually, but symbolically or um, literally, sunlight helps chemistry. Doesn't isn't that worse? Uh, isn't it connected to serotonin? Uh huh. Okay. So all of a sudden, we have a bunch of people that have seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> sad, they call it. Right. And right about now, September, October, they start to go into the funk, and they usually don't come out of it just like a bear. Yeah. So they don't come out of hibernation emotionally till you know spring next year. And some people they'll use a light. Light. They have lights. Them. You yeah. go sit mm-hmm. in front of your lights every day. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a very real way to do it. Uh, others can just get back. We happen to live in Salt Lake. City. I live in Draper in Utah, and there's there's always an inversion here yeah. in the winter. So when you're down in the clouds, life's pretty dreary. You get up to the ski resorts, life is a party. <laughs> <laughs> so these people that are just ski bums, they may, you know, you'll notice most of them are pretty happy, dude. Like this is totally great snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that some of that might be other types of chemicals. But in reality, uh, the reality of it is, though, you can create the chemistry by just getting up into the sun. By the way, my wife's listening today. Oh, is she? Yeah. How's she doing? And she says, <laughs> well, <laughs> you asked about having little ones again? Yeah, yeah. 
the capitalized no oh, <laughs> comes does, over does on the text not know, message. Does she not know that you've got one to bring home today? <laughs> yeah, right. Honey, look what I but brought she also, home. She also says, on wanting little ones again, I can wait for grandbabies down yeah, the road. that's true. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. start something. Fresh airs, by you the way, sunshine. By the way, again, notice the gratitude. Just starting to – I mean, some people, again, will go to prayer. They'll go to meditation. Uh, I love just turning on really good music. So it sounds to me like it's just – Change, change, just Anything. change something. Anything. And if you think about it, yesterday, as we were talking about the next few weeks of shows, we were playing some pretty cool music. Yes, we were. Coming up we're in a few, in next week, we're going to be talking about superheroes. Yeah. So we're playing some awesome superhero music. And guess what? It made us feel better. In Major fact, do you remember? And it made, you went and put your cape on and you were running around. I know. It was so great. Cute. Cute. So anyway, folks, uh, lots of ways to get out of the funk. But one of the best ways, I think, to get out of the funk is first got to recognize you're in the funk. You're feeling unusually negative or cranky. Funk. Have you got it? If so, let's do something about it today. Let's change it today. You know, and again, it'd be easy to go to medicine. It'd be easy to go to just drugs, alcohol. But you know what? Let's find maybe healthier ways if we can first. And then if we need help, let's get more help. Thanks for listening, folks. We're going to take a break. Come back. Mark Waite, the poster child of happiness, right here from BYU Broadcasting. He'll be joining us up next right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, Ode to Joy. You know, Mark Waits joining us, and it, it, Mark picked that song. Now, it's Ode to Joy. Yeah, on the, seems... on the Freude, Ode to Joy, lyrics by Friedrich Schiller, the fourth movement of the Ninth Symphony of Beethoven, the greatest piece of music ever devised by man. I love it, they, but they sound a little angry. German. No, it's, it's this. Is it like, it is teach the most, me. It, uh, effusive over spilling of oh, joy great. musically. It is all about the brotherhood of man. Oh, neat. Uh, the, the hope of the future and the eternities. It's uh, See, you're glorious bringing, music. You're bringing in your classical 89 background. Yeah. You're teaching us to enjoy classical music. We've been playing a bunch of other music that's not quite as deep. Deep. Significant, yeah. meaningful, uh-huh. substantive. Yes. Yeah, well, classical music's where it's at, baby. <laughs> it's where it's at, baby. That By the way, metal. Mark uh, loves music, obviously. He has. Um, he is the owner of 400 different headsets. <laughs> headphones. Headphones, sorry. Headphones. Yeah, do we call them headphones? A lot. Why do you have Too so many? many? Um, here's the cool thing about headphones is it makes you, you can get... No, possessions don't make you happy. That's part of what we need to talk about today. Okay. But headphones are the biggest audio bang for the buck. You can get amazing sound mm. for just a couple hundred bucks, yeah. and they're small. They're portable. I would love to collect speakers, but speakers kind of yeah. take up too much yeah, floor where do you space. Put them? Where do you put them? Headphones, you just throw them in, a, in the closet. Hey, uh, because possessions don't make you happy, can I have your car? Yes. <laughs> well, it's not about happiness. It's about other things. It's about, it's about satisfaction. A ride. Yeah. I'll switch your cars. If you need a ride, I'll switch you my ride. Your car is much more practical. It is. Because I'm all about practicality. Yeah, but yours is hot. 
hot. Well, the air conditioning works just fine. Ugh. Hey, um, talk to us about happy. Because, again, you, you have well, this personality. I just personality. found an article, uh, which is Well, everyone, everyone's like, we're having Mark talk about happiness. happiness. Does that seem like, ironic? It's, it's I'm ironic. kind of offended by that. Well, no, but I think that's what's funny about this is that you really have profound insight. I am overflowing with joy. You are. But it just doesn't show. You have, you keep yours under a bushel. Yeah, <laughs> my light as well. Um, my whole life. Now, I was born with this face. I'm sorry to say. That's gorgeous. And when my face is relaxed, it looks angry to people apparently. Really? It seems okay to me. Are people afraid of you? My whole life, people, insecure people especially, come up to me, why don't you smile more? Come yeah. on. It's not why that you, bad. Why don't, don't you smile? Em. And then <laughs> – then I am mad because yeah. then I want to smack yeah. them on. Yeah. <laughs> Go away, mind your own business, and stop treating me yeah, like, like there's it. something wrong with me because there's something wrong with you. Right. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I've got a song in my heart, baby. <laughs> oh, I'm just joy. not going to sing it for you. Because okay? I, I don't see – I just see that you as – I thought you were just stoic. Until I really, But the more I got to know you, you're not. You're, you're actually hilarious. Really? Wow. You're, you're – yeah. You're, you have a wry kind of – Sense of humor. Well, it's – I think what I'm talking about, you know, people – it's very annoying when people tell you to cheer up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've all felt depression and some people have severe cases of depression. And the last thing that anybody who's depressed wants to hear is, no, you, come on. You <laughs> What's can, wrong with you? It's all fine. You can <laughs> fix so it. True. Come on. Have, put so a true. smile on that face that's why and it will all be OK. And that's, that's why a good punch would just feel good. But, I mean, the, the – the underlying message is actually true, is that we are the ones who determine how we are going to approach tragedy. I mean, now we're all victims of catastrophes and tragedies. Yeah. We are victims of circumstance. Right. And then those horrible circumstances can lead us to sadness and depression. But it is true what those annoying people are saying is that we do – even though we're victims of a circumstance yeah. or a tragedy, we're not victims of our own um, thoughts. In we have we have to realize that we decide right. our outlook. That's what our expert was saying earlier. Catastrophe. You have personal agency. You're an agent. Use it. Hitler can throw you in a concentration camp yeah. or in a prison of war camp. He can't force you to be depressed about it. Mm -hmm. He can't force you to be sad about it. No matter how bleak. Things may seem easier said than done. That's right, but still, I know. But it's you're, it's a choice. But when we are sad and depressed, we have to at least be cognizant of the fact that nobody's forcing this on me. And it's interesting, though, how many people. I wonder if it's because I feel weird if you are unhappy. So I'm oh, yeah. forcing you into my supposed happy zone yeah. so that I don't have to deal with that feeling. It all stems from insecurity and not from charity. Yeah, uh, people who are telling you to cheer up. It's. It might they might think that they're being charitable mm -hmm. and kind, but they're really just kind of it's self serving. If, if I really cared, I'd probably just recognize. Are you okay? And and then or actions, yeah, and love you, and just but let you go and not leave you with a judgment. Yeah, and and expect an immediate turnaround. Yeah. You know, maybe service, kindness, acts of kindness, random acts of mm -hmm. kindness might have an effect, but the. Come on, you. <laughs> Let's brighten up that smile. It's funny because your face right there. Scary. But that's the face everyone would want you to have. <laughs> this, <laughs> but it's this, so fake because it's not you. Here's my, here's my smile. I'll do it close to the microphone. <laughs> you look like – you look frightening? Like, well, you actually look like you were had a little gas. <laughs> well, you just look like you were like sick. 
It well, didn't feel right. Yeah. But, so happy happiness. Who who's the happiest? Which state is the happiest? Okay, I've got a new a article question. here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gallup poll. I would say Hawaiians. Boy, you'd think so, right? Wouldn't, they've got they, sunlight. No, they they're good. Poi. They're number eight. Okay, that's good. Hawaii is number eight. Uh, where are we speaking from right now? Uh, Utah. Bingo! We're the happiest? We are the happiest people no in way. the happiest country on the happiest planet in this solar system. Are you serious? Utah? We, we seriously are. I think um, – are we lying? <laughs> maybe. Because <laughs> we've all got a happy smile. I know. Whether it's killing maybe, us yeah, inside, it's so I'm a roiling turmoil. <laughs> now, you know, they, they say that there's basically two factors to happiness. Um, emotional well-being, mm-hmm. but there's also overall life satisfaction. And they say that money can't buy happiness, right. but when it comes to life satisfaction, yeah. apparently money can buy happiness. Up to like up seven, to 70 grand. $75,000. Oh, oh, it's, it it's inflation. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. I've got to earn more now. Our happy. life satisfaction increases as income rises, but only up to 75000 And then beyond that, Doesn't money matter. makes little difference in a person's overall happiness. Because life satisfaction, we do need to know where our next meal is coming from. Yeah. It's hard to be cheerful when you're not sure where your next meal is coming it's from. So true. And, and a lot of us have been there. Does, um, does, so Utah's one. What's number, number two? one. I bet the West – there's a lot of positive – people in the West and the Midwest. So I would say – Midwest is yeah. is the happy place. Even though they get the miserable yeah, cold Mountain winters, West, number two is Minnesota. Uh-uh. Yeah, it seems like it would be so it's bleak. That's, that's where the Mayo Clinic is. <laughs> I like the mustard clinic. I'm, I like a little more flavor <laughs> yeah. with my clinics. I think it's a different Number three? Thing. God, I'm amazed by number where? three is North Dakota. It's, yeah. See, I've never been there. But I've been to like South Dakota. That's country, big, tall But skies. it just seems like uh, Arctic tundra. Oh, hold on, Sean's got why, Sean? They have a big oil boom going on. Oh yeah, right, they're rich now. right now. Well, yeah, but the most of the workers are working for slave wages, aren't they? No, I think I mean, they're making a ton of money, aren't they? Are they? They're finally, but but you but know, hard work, man. But maybe too, it's smaller cities, so you're not dealing with like politics. Yeah, they probably and, have pretty good commutes. Yeah. I bet their commutes are killer. Better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it seems like a, a frozen tundra to yeah. me when I think but about that's it. That's interesting because North Dakota, a lot of people say, "Oh, what's there?" But they're happy. That's what's there. Is That's there, what's there. Maybe having less makes you happy. Number four, the tree huggers in Colorado. Yeah. And number five is Nebraska, then Wyoming, then Iowa. It's all Midwest, it's all Midwest. until we get to Hawaii at number eight. Then number nine is South Dakota, what's Idaho, the biggest, Kansas. What's the biggest state, most populous state? That's uh, on the list, and what number are they? Well, they're all on the list. No, but where everything. are they on the list? Like, what's the highest? Uh, California's number 14. Huh. Uh, that's the. Only really popular wow. state is California at number fourteen. See? Bottom of the list, you want the, the yeah, bad news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I one of my favorite people on earth. My nephew is a professor uh, at uh, Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia, and I tease oh, yeah. him all the time because West Virginia is always on the bottom, rock bottom for almost every metric. Yeah, and it's Utah's always in the top five. West Virginia always in the bottom <laughs> five. Weird things. I've been there, and it I, looks I, like heaven. I know. I love it. It is West gloriously Virginia. beautiful. Those rolling forests hills and, and just yeah. deciduous forests everywhere and rivers. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of poverty, a lot of obesity hmm. that brings uh, things down. And it's always the deep south. I know. Numbers 45 through 51. Well, it's Rhode Island. I don't know what the problem is but there. That's but that's probably health, too. That's – isn't but, it interesting? But forty six on down is all South: uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Arkansas, South. Mississippi, Alabama, and West Virginia. 
So maybe some of this happiness is like just dependent on where you live. Well, socioeconomic is, yeah. is the main factor here, I think. There's still a lot of poverty in the South, unfortunately. I still don't get Utah's number one. I don't believe that. Because <laughs> I drove here today. Everyone seemed mad. No, okay, here's another one. What is the, of the top 25 universities, the best university as an employee? Because they're always measuring oh, students. I'll How good is it to be a student? BYU is number one I in the it. country it's for employees. The uh, so really? I ha- and I'm on the radio here. So I, I have the best job on the, yeah. at the best university yeah. in the happiest state in the union. Why am I so miserable, well, Matt? And the best car. And the best car. And you have a gig on our show. So and I'm on the Matt Townsend what show. What more do you want? What else is there? Why am I so miserable? You know what you need? Cinnabon. Oh, man. Cinnabon makes you happy. That... Well, I'll hook you up. I'm going to hook you that up. That stuff is dangerous. Oh, yeah. Don't get me near that oh, I stuff. I love it. I love to just I'll rub it on I'll go on a bender. Face. I'll just go on like a week-long bender with that stuff. <laughs> We're going to come back. More with Mark Waite. He's teaching us happiness the Mark Waite way. It's worth waiting for, folks. We're going to take a break. After this, more fun, more insight with Mark Waite right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, Mark Waite, Classical 89, uh, guru, music extraordinaire. Name this song. Well, uh, no, don't it, look at it. Is it the Turtles? Oh, man. <laughs> so happy together. Dude, does that song bring you happiness? Uh, can music bring you happiness? Boy, it sure you, is a pretty strong... You love music. Yeah, it can sure help. Is it your biggest vice? Next to cars and then headphones. Yeah. But and they, speakers. It all kind of works into the same thing, yeah. Everything in my life has that? gotten boring except for fast cars and loud stereos are the only two things that have never gotten boring in my life. And your marriage. Correct. Right. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Right. That delay. Yes. That delay. Uh, we're, on, we're on like a, a digital a delay, delay, aren't yeah. we? we yeah. That was just the delay catching up. You, you, <laughs> you answered that immediately. Sean almost spit all of his water mm-hmm. as you were delaying. <laughs> so um, happiness. It, should it be our goal? I think that the greatest thing that we humans get confused by is the distinction between happiness and pleasure. Okay. And happiness, of definition, by its very nature, is lasting and potentially lasting forever. Right. There's no, there's no inherent end yeah. to happiness. So it's not an event. Right. It is a state of mind. Pleasure, on the other hand, by definition, is temporary, mm-hmm. short-lived. And so we as humans are always searching for happiness because happiness is what we really want, yeah. but we're confused by that. And we think the pleasure is the happiness. And so we pursue the pleasure. And in doing so, we cut ourselves off at the knees That's in right. our pursuit of happiness. We're really just pleasure seekers. Certain pleasures make long-term happiness impossible yeah. unless you change things around. You know, I don't want to get too religious, yeah. but I mean just in the overall uh, – lifetime human experience, if we're always putting our effort into the things that where the pleasure is going to be gone, 
uh, like I was talking about, you know, stereos and fast cars. Even those are pleasures that are transitory. I took my fast car to a uh, Mongolian barbecue today and had salmon Mongolian barbecue. (laughs) I enjoyed my car. Pleasurable day. Pleasurable day. I enjoyed driving the car on a beautiful, perfect day. I enjoyed the salmon Mongolian barbecue. But you know what? I'm no longer enjoying the salmon Mongolian barbecue and I'm no longer enjoying that drive. It's over. It's over. It's done. So why do we put all of our effort into the transitory short-term things? We're so dumb. We are. Look at the big picture. You know, pull yourself back away from things. Look at the big picture and go, well, to now generally be happy a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, let's put our effort into that. And what does it take? See, we don't that. Why is it we don't do that? Why am I not looking for the long term? I mean, I, I here's what I know will happen to you. I'll bet you bucks. It's great. Your hearing will start to go because yeah. you, you tried earbuds and it blew your too much, too much yeah. loud listening. But then I can just see you or too with much your, loud cars too. Both, I can see you sitting with your grandchild though, letting him listen or her listen to certain music, and you teaching them the joys of that music. And then, so music will transcend to a different purpose. It'll be you and your grandbaby. It'll be you and your, you know, you and you going out and serving other people, working on someone else's car. That's to me. That's taking an event. That's pleasurable, and but turning it to something that's lasting happiness. And there's no in, nothing inherently wrong with pleasure because we no. all like to have a good chocolate now and then. That sort I, of I thing. I had two today. Two of yes, but some pleasures are harmful. Yeah, and degrading. Um, but yeah, so passing along a love for music that falls under the sharing category, and sharing is. Service. I mean, I get so sick of the word service. Mm-hmm. Uh, always people browbeating me. You should do more service. You yeah. need more service. And I mean, just the thought of it. I, I always picture helping somebody move a piano up twelve flights of stairs because <laughs> that's how it's kind of implied. Is this yeah. always this onerous, yeah. miserable? The heavier task. the piano, the better. But, the so service. let's forget the word service and just talk about sharing, mm-hmm. um, connecting. And, you know, you could call, you know, playing music for the grandchild service and sharing. And sharing, passing on precious things does bring lasting happiness, um, long-term happiness because then you see something good being perpetuated. You're Mm -hmm. leaving a legacy of music appreciation or education, a love of learning, a love of books. Uh, a love of God, mm-hmm. these kinds of things, the important things, the true things, the things that are true today that will be true a billion years from now, to pass those things along uh, and then build the character in these young minds. That is sharing, that service, that is happiness for you because you're seeing long-term happiness being developed in somebody else as yeah. well. We humans are interconnected very tightly. And we think, you know, no man is an island. Boy, that's sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. No. I'm not saying you need to be married. No. I am saying you need to be connected to yeah. other people through friendships. Well, that's it then, Societies isn't it? and to, um, to share what you have with them and give them the opportunity to share what they have with you. It becomes a communal experience, a shared experience, and that builds long-term happiness. Pleasure, it seems like pleasure is selfish. It's almost totally, always selfish. And it can go amok. So a little pleasure, like listening to Ode to Joy, would be fantastic. If you're doing it every night at the exclusion of your family, your friends, your neighbors. Your, go away. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> Daddy's listening to – Yeah, I'm having joy. <laughs> Serenity now. Get off my back. 
um, all of a sudden you're in trouble if you're not sharing it, if you're not giving it to others, connecting to others, being a part of others. I believe very strongly in an afterlife. Um, I would go so far as to say I know it exists, Mm -hmm. even though I have no perfect knowledge of it. And as you think about it, you look around, people, it's all you got. It's all you take with you you is human relationships. I don't get to take my car. Even people who don't believe in God and don't believe in an afterlife, even they know they don't get to take their Mustang with them. Well, that's why I think you need to let other people have it. You can try to – and I will let you have it. You're first on my will. Okay, good, 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 good. I'm not sure that you're going to survive me though. (laughs) (laughs) You're so right. You are so right. But – where was I? Oh, people, human relationships. Everybody, happen. even people who, who think that life seems to end, they can be buried in their Cadillac, but even they know they're not actually taking their Cadillac with them. You yeah, know? you don't want to be buried. You can't take it with you. What you do take with you is human relationships built up over the years, knowledge, and uh, and so ideally, isn't that where we should be putting yeah, our efforts? Think. See, now it's difficult for me because I'm backward. I'm socially awkward. Yeah. I don't like people you all don't that even much. Smile. I don't smile when people tell me to smile. Yeah. Come on. But you but that's but also you know what's interesting is that's you. Right? I mean that's just your persona. Well, and I'm you know I try to be just genuine. No, you are. I mean, and to me that's important is to be genuine and right. not have on this facade. We all wear a facade. I do well, too. Well, that's why I love but I try you to on minimize try to minimize the facade. Well, you say though, but you also say stuff that others don't say because Defensive they're all, things. Well, they're no, yeah. Yes. No, not offense. But just but it's stuff no one would say because we're all trying to pretend happy. We're all playing happy. But yeah, in reality, well, you get in less trouble if if you if you're if you yeah, if you fake real. happiness, right. then you get in less. Uh, you, you fly under the radar mm-hmm. easier. You know? Yeah, but I also think we need more people that are just real. Because when you say what when you say we don't have to be happy, there's a thousand people out there thinking, yeah. That was my day. Four people telling me to be happy, wanted yeah. to punch him. Yeah. Well, think you know, long, deep, long-term happiness. Find it for yourself, and it is in dealing with other people, uh, learning to get along. That's one of the most important things in this life is to find you know people that are not like me. Yeah. To get along with them, even if they are pestering me to smile, <laughs> it's not easy, you know, to to get along. No. With others, but, that, but I mean, and they need to figure out. How to get along with me? But I need to learn how it. to deal with that's them. That's the rub. They need to be able to learn how to yeah. deal with me. Well, because if our goal is happiness, stop being so judgmental. I guess if our goal is pleasure, then we're not going to deal with people that aren't like us because they're not pleasurable. But if our goal is right, happiness, right, right. true, we need Good some point. tension. Yeah, and that sometimes a really difficult person creates people, enough tension. People will bring us our deepest pain. Mm-hmm. No thing can mm-hmm. cause us pain no, like no. human beings can cause right. us pain. On the conversely. They then qualify themselves to cause us our greatest joy, joy way beyond what my Mustang will ever oh, be able to cause me. That's right. Yeah. And you think of the joy your kids will cause you, your grandkids will cause you, and influence, and the pain they can bring versus it's, the Mustang. It's an it's a interesting concept. I don't really understand the principle of opposites, but it is simply true that you can't – and those who are suffering the most in life somehow are qualifying themselves for yeah. the greatest amount of joy. Now, that's the hope. Uh, yeah. That people who are sad and depressed, they need to have that hope that, you know what, I'm so deep down that I've now qualified myself to go that far Mm -hmm. up above and to have faith that all things in the end ultimately are okay. Uh, The the, the news in the long run is always good news. It will be good. I love that. Short term, not so much. 
Sometimes short term, we're going to yeah. have to suffer a bit. But the pain is also causing your learning, so your under your empathy is higher, your charity is higher. You are learning if, if you'll turn joy. it into that. I, if you're I, begrudging the fact that you're not having a fun time. I've had some minor pain recently, some minor health issues, <laughs> and even during those times, I started realizing that that I am capable of empathy that mm. I wasn't capable of a couple months yeah. ago. I'm capable of certain happiness and relief and joy that I wasn't – because if it's just everything's fine, it's just like everything's fine. So yeah. what? Big deal. Not There's no gratitude. Right. Where's the gratitude? <laughs> but right. when you are suffering, gratitude then becomes possible mm. because you can see both sides of the coin right. now. And you're not just seeing the edge you, of the and, coin. You're seeing you can, the heads and the tails that's of the right. coin. And you can escalate it because you're going to continue to age. You're going to continue – to have suffer, suffer. you're <laughs> going to continue. That's to why have old issues. people are so pure and I special, is because they're in the crucible of affliction. Well, and I appreciate your your age and your elderliness. <laughs> I just that you bring your wisdom here, because a lot of people like my age, they would not young whippersnappers, like whippersnappers, you, who just have young little, pumps, almost no life right, experience, no, just clueless, naive. But you bring this just this. rich, rich wisdom. And I am a forced by years, year, dozens, decades, decades of, oh. of pure yeah. suffering. Yeah, yeah. No, here, here's the in the in the end. If we're sad, if we're depressed, we have to have faith that someday it will all be over. Yeah, all the bad stuff eventually the, is absolutely positively yeah. going to end. That's that's why hang a, in there. A belief in a God it can be very helpful. Yeah, because it gives you somewhere faith to go. and hope in the future. Man. Mark Waite, wise, wise beyond his 80 years. <laughs> <laughs> well done, my friend. Hey, keep smiling. You, oh, you were no, just smiling. No, I was smiling and then you that? ruined it. I was oh, smiling. I was a genuine to... smile oh, and then you ruined totally it. totally genuine. Now I'm frowning again. You oh, ruined the moment. Do you hear that music? Oh, to joy. There it is. There it is. <sighs> the elderly Mark Waite. <laughs> He did it again, friends. Good job, Mark. Uh, will somebody help Mark back to his other studio? Where's my walker? Could you bring my walker to me? Always a joy. Always a joy. Thanks, Mark. Uh, we're going to take a break, folks. Come back. Wrap this show up. More on uh, finding the good and the happiness in the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. It's a beautiful day, folks. As we wrap up the show, <sighs> you two. Who can bring it home more than you two? Come on! Welcome back. Uh, today we're talking about happiness. We spent two hours edumacating about happiness. And now we're going to wrap it up. Who better to wrap it up? Merit is going to teach us how to find happiness. If you've been sitting there thinking, this is great, but I don't have any. My chemicals are burnt out. <laughs> I am done. Merit's going to teach us what we can do today. Yeah, what you can do by tonight. By tonight to improve your mood. Does it involve chocolate? Um, I think it should. I didn't have that written down, but I'm going to start with that. Start with a Eat chocolate. Some chocolate, which is actually it does yeah. make you happier. Mm. Try to get some dark stuff. Mm. You know, 
happy. Mm. Then if it's dark, it's also healthy for you. So, oh, yeah. you know, good stuff. No, but I have a list of things. This is actually from um, Gretchen Rubin's site, yes. The Happiness Project, yeah. which I love. Gretchen's great. Yes. And anyway, she just had some suggestions of what you can do now to be happier by the end of the okay, day. Okay, let's do it. Number one, call or email one of your closest friends. Yeah. Do you ever think that when you're like, man, I really wish I had somebody to talk to right now or I'm feeling really lonely? And they're like, why didn't I just call somebody? You know, you have your phone full of contacts. I I always say – You could have just I I always think I wish I had a friend. That's what I think. You could have called someone. I don't. You are my (laughs) friends. Okay, Friends are good. So we could call a friend by tonight. Yeah. And the, just, but call one that's going to lift you. Yeah, just do, you know, you. 20 minutes, say, hey, do you have a minute? Let's catch up. Yeah, that's cool. That's way cool. Laugh together, do some fun stuff. Um, add a fun thing to your calendar. Yes. This one always makes me feel a lot happier. If I plan something yeah. in the future, that's going to be awesome. Sean's got a motor home trip. That's pretty awesome. He's not taking his family, yeah. just his wife, and they're going to go <laughs> supposedly camp in a $150,000 motor home. Oh, camping. I don't okay, know how much I get it. it. Really <laughs> no, today I planned to for tomorrow to go to lunch with my friend. That See? makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. Okay, I've got to do that. Something to look forward Just to, right? Something fun. Um, think of a subject you wish you knew more about and spend 15 minutes on the internet reading about it. Mmm, chocolate. There you go. Yeah. Research chocolate. Good. Where does it come from? Do you know, I actually a few months ago actually tried like a full cocoa bean Did that you? had been roasted. Yeah. What was, it was that very like? Delicious, was it? Yes, I enjoyed it a lot. I kind of wished I had. Was a it more cocoa-y or more beanie-y? Definitely more cocoa-y, but that's my kind of chocolate there. It's so, good. Yeah, it was. Tasty. You didn't. You didn't bring it for anyone else. No, they only gave me one. I. It was. It's a long story. Anyway, okay. yeah. Oh, sorry. But that's something you can do. Just find something you're interested in and really get into it. I mean, it's kind of fun to be yeah. knowledgeable, especially when you find out something that's kind of crazy, off the wall, cool. Right. I mean, I do this all the time. If I watch a movie that I like, I just go home and I learn everything I possibly can about it. Do you really? Yeah, because it's just the more you know about it, the cooler your experiences experiences are with it. So, that's cool. Yeah, that's a good man. I'm lazy. Good one. Um, visit two bookstores and browse until a book catches your attention. Oh, I love Buy that. it and read it. I could do that all day. Yeah, I could too. I could even do it without buying it. Probably a little dangerous for my budget, it. but you know. Great. Yeah, Sean. My wife and I actually did that for a date night. Ah, That's a great yeah, date. Yeah, I would be okay with that. Anybody out there, yeah. if you want to take me to a bookstore for a just date, so you know, I am in. They actually did it at two different stores. Uh, Sean was at one and she was at another uh, <laughs> and sad yeah. date night. And she suggests going to one that's a chain and try one that's an independently yes, owned. Yes, the in- yeah, so, different feel. you know, like I always go to the King's English in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Makes me super happy, and so. you feel you feel like you're... yeah, and it's fun because the big one has lots of like a huge selection, but the small one, the person really knows what they're talking right. about. They can give you some good suggestions. That's great. It's like um, that. That would get anybody like out of mail. that. Would make people yourself. happy. Yeah, walk around the block. Yeah. Sometimes I get overwhelmed because I'm like, I should exercise because then I would feel happier, but I don't have 45 minutes to go do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Just walk around the block. It's only going to take you five minutes, and you're going to feel better by the That's time right. you come back. Get the adrenaline flowing. Yeah. By the way, it depends where you live. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a bad neighborhood, that's true. Maybe get in your you car, drive that. to another neighborhood, walk <laughs> around there. The um, clear the space around your computer. Oh, yeah. This is just Clean a small up. one. Again, don't do something that's going to overwhelm you. Yeah. Just do this one little thing, just your desk. Only clean your desk. You don't even that's have to get out of your chair. Worry about, right? yeah. You can just kick your leg exactly. and move a bunch of Maybe stuff. Maybe you off. could even print out like a new picture, pin it up. I like it. Yeah. 
make a dentist or doctor's appointment that you've been putting off. Oh, yeah. I like that one, get too. Get something on the calendar. Kinda, yeah, you get guilty. You're yeah. like, I really should be doing this, but I don't want to. Yeah, your gums are bleeding. Yeah, you're like, exactly. I've got to get But if you just do it, then you're going to feel better That's about cool. that. Same thing. Reach out to a family member who you've neglected or feel kind of distant from. I did that. It changed my life. I'm sitting there. I had about a 45-minute drive, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself – What's the most important thing I could do for these 45 minutes to have an impact in my life? And guess what thought came to my mind? Call your mother. Awesome. I called her. Yeah, that's such a good feeling, isn't it? she ripped me up. She was was beautiful and it worked and it brought peace and happiness. Yeah, I like that one. Um, Similarly, clear out some old emails. Go to the store and buy all those random things that you need that is putting off buying. For me, it's always like – Toothpaste uh-huh. and you know, I do you're that. like I love squeezing that. the last yeah. little bit out of your tube. Just go buy some. Do it. New tube of toothpaste. I like to walk around and then get stuff you weren't expecting yeah. to get. While you're out, be Chocolate. friendly to a store clerk who is grouchy. Yes, make someone's you know? day. Yeah, exactly, which is really fun. Yeah. I love talking to store clerks. Often I'm not in the mood, but I should be in the mood more often. But you mm-hmm. often have like these weird little conversations that. And improve your day, you know. Well, and people Talk at restaurants, about, like a bartender or whatever, or whoever's like yeah, serving just whoever, you a server. Just ask them maybe how their day went. Take an interest in them mm-hmm. because the more you do good, the happier you'll feel. It's way cool. Um, my last suggestion, and this one wasn't on the list. This is just my personal thing. Yeah. Go on a drive or on your way home or whatever you're doing, crank up some tunes oh, and yeah. sing along. Roll the windows yeah. down. Well, no. Let because, your hair fly. <laughs> because you do, I don't know, at least I have to have some sort of privacy to kind of, you know, let loose let it go. on my singing. Yeah. But yeah, and do something that's like happy, nostalgic. Yeah. Like, don't just turn on the radio. Mm-hmm. Maybe turn on some songs you lis- used to listen to as a kid. I, agree. I was listening to Chicago. It reminds me of my yeah. dad. Oh, that's good. So, you know, turn yeah. on some like, Saturday in the Park, make me smile, Saturday. and just kind of go with it, right? Oh, that's yeah. good. It I'm doing really that on the way home. Yeah, you should. Make you happy. Uh, I like. I likey. Yeah. So, so go do it. Go. That's do all it by tonight. Be happy. By let, the end of the day. let your hair down. I, I really like to drive. And by the way, right now, the leaves are changing up in the mountains. It's true. So if you don't have mountains, sorry. <laughs> you should move to Utah. That's where people apparently are happy. Hey, uh, thanks for listening, folks, and joining us. We love doing the show, helping you see the good in the world. Here's a quote for you from Laird Hamilton. Make sure your worst enemy doesn't live between your two ears. Your mind. Watch out for it, okay? Hey, tomorrow on the show, folks, uh, challenged by your relationships, Dr. Vanita Mehta uh, is going to be talking about how to overcome some of those problems. Again, it's one of our best ofs. Also, please visit byuradio.org so you can listen back to any show. You can go back and let others that you, you know, if you've heard something you love during the week, take your friends and family to that site. Go to byuradio.org. We have apps for iOS and Android. If you go to BYU Radio, you can listen on your phone, listen anywhere um, on In the Galaxy. I'm just shooting straight with you. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll be back again tomorrow right here. More ideas, more fun to help you find the good in life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.